Welcome to the DL. This is the show where we talk about everything in the truck and equipment repair industry. It's my job to help inform and educate you on ways to help your business. We talk with technicians, business owners, associations, industry experts, manufacturers, and even a few you wouldn't think traditionally apply to your business. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of The DL. I am your host, Tyler Robertson. And today I get to talk about a topic that I think is going to be interesting to a lot of people. And this is a really special episode for a couple reasons. First of all, it is the first time I've actually had diesel technicians on the episode, and they are both female. So I know if you've listened to me and have heard me talk for a long time, there's a huge diesel technician shortage going on in the industry. I know people all over struggle to hire them. We have training classes we do. We work with Tim Spurlock and American Diesel Training Centers for entry-level technicians. It's a problem that's going to get worse in our industry before it gets better. And I think a lot of our industry is doing a little bit of a disservice here by kind of ignoring half the population when it comes to diesel techs. And we're going to talk about diesel technician, career, career paths, all those fun things today. So with that, I'm going to introduce both of our guests here. So Melissa, why don't you go first, just introduce yourself and kind of give everyone a little background on on what you do and what you work on. Okay, so my name is Melissa, obviously. I've worked for John Deere for five years within a couple different dealerships. Uh, my background is I grew up around logging equipment. Uh, my dad's been a logger for like 30 years. And so that's kind of the industry that I grew up around. So that's the industry path I decided to take. I originally wanted to do semis, but that only lasted about two months. And I got into the John Deere kind of just happened to fall into it. And I haven't wanted to leave since. So. All right. So welcome. And then you actually know our other guest as well. You guys have met. It sounded like you met on online or through school a little bit. So Miranda, welcome to the show. Why don't you just give everyone a little quick little background about you? Hi guys. So I grew up in a small town on a ranch and um, I work on heavy equipment. I started for a scrapyard, so that was insane. Worked there about five years, cut my teeth, got a lot of great experience. Now I work for a dealership and I work on farm equipment and heavy equipment still. Well, that's awesome. So my experience is mainly heavy truck repair shops. So I, and I've been a service manager. I've hired plenty of people through the years and everything. It's always interesting to learn everyone's career path. So Miranda, how, how did you even get into this field? Did you go to school for it? Did you just pick it up or someone teach you? How did you get, how'd you get involved in this industry? So I was a waitress and I was dating someone that wasn't the best. I ended up getting pregnant. I did not want to have to be on welfare or worry about depending on him. So I was like, all right, I've got to do something. And the only thing that sounded fun was diesel mechanics. So I went to school and here I am, seven years of my career with a seven-year-old. So how long did you have to go to school for? And how long did it take you to get a job after your school got done? So I went for nine months to a tech program and it was perfect for my situation. And I was hired like two weeks after I graduated. Awesome. And same with you, Melissa. Like, you know, I know you mentioned your family is into logging and everything, but, you know, diesel tech, you know, how did you kind of get into that? What was your path? Was it again, did you go to school and how did that whole thing work out? Oh, yeah, I went to Wyotech uh, in Laramie, which is my hometown. 
and that was a, a year course. I did uh, I graduated as a heavy duty diesel core with advanced diesel and chassis fabrication added on to that. Um, the re I got into it because in high school, I wanted to be a horse trainer for a while. And then I started, I actually met the guy I'm with right now and he did a lot of wrenching on his own stuff. And I've always been into diesels. My dad, you know, he's a Cummins owner, all the diesel equipment, stuff like that. And I met this guy and we started working on his truck. I'm like, you know what? I actually kind of like this. So when it got to my senior year, I was like, well, it's either horse training or diesel. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not gonna make shit being a horse trainer. <laughs> so I decided to do the diesel because I actually really liked it. And I went through the school and I'm like, yeah, this is definitely what I want to do. And I went to their career fair and I was hired before I graduated. So, so both of you I like a weed, but yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think that just speaks to the diesel technician field though, right? Like there's a big need out there. It really amazes people because, you know, I came from the truck world and a lot of people assume the on-highway truck world is really where all the diesel is. But there's actually more diesel engines in the off-highway world going on in all the farm and ag and construction and everything that's going on out there. So, yeah. you know, Melissa, at the end of the day, you know, you said you enjoyed it. What, what do you enjoy about it? Because isn't it being dirty and greasy and lifting heavy stuff and working outside all the time? Like, what, what do you enjoy about being a diesel technician? Sorry, my dog's bothering me. Um, <laughs> He wants to be a part of it. Um, so I, I just love it. I love the motors. I love tearing things down. I like the challenge of it. Everything's different. Everything's, you know, you're up, you're learning something every day and the getting dirty part. Like, I don't know. I've just always been, I've been kind of a girly girl, but I've always been like, not afraid. Like I took welding classes in high school and all kinds of stuff. And it was just not getting the dirt, getting dirty part. Wasn't really a problem for me. Uh, I enjoy it. So I. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a great profession. It's always something different. I'm assuming all the time, at least it is in the, the, you know, the in on highway world, I'm sure yours is as well. There's a big variety of equipment out there. Uh, so Miranda, same kind of question to you. You've been doing this. You're into this for seven years now. What do you like about it? And do you see yourself staying in this field for quite a while? So I like that it's a challenge and you never get bored. It's very trying, but it's also very rewarding. And there's a lot that is that goes into knowing how to fix things, all the different systems, hydraulics, electrical, computer diag, and it's fun. It's just challenging. And I like it because Monday through Friday or whenever I'm at work, I can be a mechanic. I don't have to worry about getting dolled up. I can just go to work, get what I need to do done, and you know, that's it. It's just kind of a relief. It's a break from the pressure of having to look cute all the time and all that. You're just there to get a job done, you know? So you talk about the rewarding part of it a little bit. And, you know, I don't even know exactly what you make, but in your, in your perception for someone that's been in the field for 10, 15, 20 years, how much, how much money do you think someone can actually make per year at the end of the day doing the profession that you're, that you've picked? Um, definitely. 20 and above and that's you know a wide range i guarantee it's a lot higher than that it just depends on where you live and your experience you know yeah and your profession your job that you have now are you in the field a lot of the time or is it all in the shop or do they, do they mix it up what's your work environment like 
So it's mixed up mostly in the shop now. My old job, I was in the field a lot. And that's so nice because you're away from the shop drama. Because, you know, let's face it, there's always a little bit of shop drama. We think girls are bad. Guys can be bad, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> well, let's talk about this. I, I, I was a service manager over basically the, the, and all the diesel techs were, were men. My my service writer, my warranty clerk, even one of my uh, one of my my foremans was female, which which was great. But there was a lot of drama with the guys all the time about different things, tools, issues, and they get upset about things and everything else. Do you, is there a lot of drama that goes inside the shops? And especially, I can't imagine there's a lot of females. Are are you are you guys the only females in your organization or in your shop and melissa why don't we have you go first on that one well when i when i first started in the field i worked at a truck dealerships international dealership for like two months and they started cutting hours and i couldn't afford it that's how i got into john deere uh, i was the only female tech in there uh, i actually had to share a bathroom with all the guys <laughs> in that granted it was a single stall bathroom but that's all i had like that's what we had and that's how you had to deal with it uh, in the John Deere shop, though, I actually started, and there was another girl that worked there as a tech. She was a crane tech. Uh, she was pretty manly, but she was still a girl. And, you know, between her and I, we didn't have any problems, but she caused a lot of drama with all the guys and, like, not getting jobs she wanted. And that was kind of it. She ended up quitting. But the guy drama is, like, it's drama, but they get pissed off at each other. And then the next day they're fine yeah. where girls get pissed off at each other. And then they're mad for like three years. So, <laughs> well, I mean, it's not as bad as it could be. Miranda, any other females that you work with at all, or is it all, is it all guys around you? No, I'm the only girl. And I like it that way. Cause like Melissa said, you can tell each other off and you guys are good. They don't hold a grudge for 10 years after, you know? <laughs> so that's nice. There's always going to be a little bit of drama or, you know, that's just human nature. Nothing like it would be if it was a shop full of women. So, I mean, I was a, when I was a service manager, we didn't have separate locker rooms, right? So do, do they have that set up at your current facility, uh, Miranda? Or is it is it just you got to share yeah. locker room space with the guys? How do they manage that? There's separate ones there. So that's nice. I've not had to ever worry about that. So here's a question I have. Um, you know, in the shop environment, I mean, hey, this is heavy equipment. It's agriculture equipment. It's a mainly male dominated industry. And some guy brings in a piece of equipment to get fixed. And do, do, they, do you ever get some pushback? Like, hey, why is there, why is there a woman working on my equipment? Or does that e male ego kind of come into play ever in the repair process? Or is it, have you not run across that at all? It's, it's more googly eyed. Googly eyed? <laughs> <laughs> So what? You're good. I have a funny story about this. Like Melissa said, you do have those moments where it's like googly eyed, but then you also have some moments with like the older gentlemen. They're just so confused. Like what is going on? Um, I had an old farmer. He was an Indian guy and I had to fix his tractor. So he was in the dealership to check on it. So I went out to update him and he looks at me, looks at my boss and he's like, a girl he's like you hired a girl and he was so confused and my boss is like yeah she's the best one we got and so i just proceeded to tell him what was going on and i finished his tractor it's all fixed everything's great 
I found some stuff that needed attention. So the parts came in. I go out on the field call to his property and get it fixed. And we're talking. And he was like the coolest guy ever. He's like, you're like a medicine woman from my tractor. Thank you so much. It was sick. You made it feel better. So, I mean, I think you're going to have that. And the best thing you can do, keep your head, you know, up, your mouth shut and let your work speak for itself. Yeah. yeah. What about you, Melissa? Have you ran across situations like that at all or had issues kind of in that same I vein? Mean, there's always like a surprise factor sometimes. And Miranda's right. It's usually the older generation that's like, what? Like, they're not necessarily offended that you're there or don't think you should be there. They're just completely shocked that you're there because they were expecting some greasy dude to show up. And they've got 150 or 128 pound blonde chick that shows up and they're like, wait, what? You yeah. know? So like, there's always some kind of like, honestly, the most pushback I've ever gotten is uh, sometimes I have to be service manager for my boss when he's gone. And when I talk to the guys on the phone, sometimes I get some pushback of like, well, you know, they, they're kind of assholes, but I think it's because they think I'm a paper pusher. They don't actually realize that I work in the shop. Yeah. But yeah. I, you know, I, people I meet in person, it's fine. Usually. I know when I had a female service, service advisors and they're trying to call customers and talk to them, they got that every once in a while. Like, like, what do you, who are you to tell me what's going on with my truck? I'm going to go exactly. pull to the shop. So I, I, I've seen a little glimpses of that. What about the work environment? I mean, do you know, you're working with all males. So I, I can almost imagine there's some that are maybe overly trying to be helpful. Like, oh, she's a woman. She can't lift that. Or is it just you're on your own? You're just one of the guys. Or how does that play out inside a shop environment? Most of the time for me, it's well, it, it goes. It has a cycle. When I first started a shop, everybody's scared to look at me. Everybody's <laughs> scared to talk to me. They're scared to say the wrong thing until they realize that like my mouth is worse than theirs. <laughs> and then we're fine. But you know, there's a couple of guys I've met that are like, want to be super helpful. And they want to make like, it's almost like they don't, they want me to know that they're okay with me being there. So they try to help me, even though like, I'm not, I don't need it most of the time. But it just depends on the person. Most guys are like, once, once that little two month window is up, you're kind of treated like everybody else. So, yeah, at least in my shops. I don't know about Miranda's shop. Yeah, Miranda, how does it work in your shop? Do you get, is it, are you treated differently than everybody else because you're female in there or is it, you're all equal? How does it play out for you? So it's kind of the exact same thing at first. They're nervous, like to say the wrong thing or they're like, oh, you're a woman, like HR is going to get us. And then once like they get to know you, that you're chill, everything's fine. You're just one of the guys. They're like a bunch of big brothers. You know what I mean? So that's the cool part. My grandma was actually a diesel mechanic, clear back when. So she had a hard time. Like guys were mean, cruel, evil to her. So I have not had to deal with that. And I'm thankful. I think everyone has to prove themselves as a mechanic. doesn't matter if you're a guy or a girl, the new person in the shop you're watching, like, all right, do they know what they're doing? Are they, you know, what they said they are? So that comes with it period rather you're a guy or a girl you just prove yourself and once you do everything's fine yeah i mean you know male or female you know it doesn't matter your sex color religion at the end of the day it's who can do the job and do it efficiently let your work speak for yourself like you kind of mentioned a little bit earlier so you know miranda talk talking about work 
Um, you know, we're diesel laptops, right? So we sell diagnostic tools and laptops and software to help fix equipment. How often in your day-to-day are you actually having to get a laptop out and hook up to a to piece of equipment to try to figure out what's going on with it? Um, almost like every day. I work for a Kubota and Case IH dealership. So we're constantly having to use the diagnostic software to figure out stuff, to read the codes. And it is such a great tool. It's life-changing. And that was one of the reasons why I wanted to go to a dealership is to have all the tools and support I needed to be able to do my job more efficiently. Yeah. So, Melissa, same question to you. How often do you get a chance to use a computer versus, you know, doing a, doing things the old-fashioned way? I mean, pretty much every day. I yeah. mean, like Miranda said, then most of your diagnostics now, especially on new machines, there are so much diagnostics in the computer that when the, that the computer uses to talk to the machine, uh, you know, for especially newer equipment, you can do a lot of diagnostics on the computer, not right. saying that, you know, you don't have to go in and you got to physically check the wiring harness or physically check components, but there's a lot of diagnostics that you do on the computer. And, you know, our manuals are, we have diagnostic step-by-step manuals on the computer too. So even if you're not physically hooked to the machine with the computer, we've got, you can look up a code and it gives you an entire list of how to diagnose it. Granted, you got to kind of sort through the bullshit on some of them, but it's a really good starting point. And all the repair manuals, everything is on the computer. Yeah, we've we've noticed the same thing in our industry. And again, I came from truck, but it was really the same thing about 10 years ago. Everything started to get more complex, more electrical. People needed diagnostic tools to do it. But just the diagnostic tool is one piece of the puzzle, right? The other piece that people really need is the training aspect of it. So you both work for dealerships. Do you get a lot of that training or how are they handling it at the dealership level in the off-highway world today? Uh, It's pretty much the same, similar to when I worked for trucks or went through WyoTech, which was pretty much based on trucks. But John Deere has a career path or paths for all kinds of stuff. So you go through a giant list of basic classes, which is electrical, hydraulic, uh, after treatment, air and exhaust. There's like hours and hours and hours, hundreds of hours of trainings for all these basic core stuff. And then you have, which also in there is a whole section of service advisor training, which is the program we use. So that teaches you how to use service advisor and how to use it to do your job. And then you have capstones, which is machine specific capstones. And honestly, most of the, most of what you do on a capstone is learn how to hook to the machine, how to use the tests on the computer for the machine and, you know, hydraulic and electrical schematics and stuff like that. So that answers your question. Yeah. Yeah. Miranda, same for you. Do you guys get, a, is there a lot of opportunity for training for what you do with the place you work at or how does, how's that work? And the other question I always have is, for the end users, not people at the dealerships, but independent repair shops, and you got people that own their own equipment, do they get access to that stuff as well? Or is it kind of still kind of dealer-only information from your from your perspective? So I came from an end user place before, and I worked there for five years, and I loved it, but there was not a lot available for us. There wasn't as in-depth programming and stuff to use. So as far as training where I'm at now, we have access through Kubota and through Case and there are tons of like online stuff. They send us out to physical training 
I just went to Georgia last year for Kubota, for tractors. That was a lot of fun. I learned quite a bit. So it's like constant training. And the end user, I feel like, doesn't have access to that as a dealership would, you know. Yeah. I mean, that's really, really OEM manufacturers have really... I don't diesel laptops does not exist if those OEM manufacturers provided tools and repair information to the end users. So that's kind of our goal at diesel is to kind of be like, hey, let's let's make a let's have solutions here to help people um, so they don't necessarily have to go to dealers. You know, there's an alternative path for them. And especially with equipment, my dad runs, you know, he runs all kinds of equipment. He owns gravel pit operations and mixer plants. It's not always optimal to have to wait a couple days for the dealer to send someone on site when you have a you know a generator down that could be costing you ten thousand dollars per hour. So it's it's very difficult stuff to get out there. Um, you know, at the end of the day, I, I'm going to go back to there's a huge shortage of diesel technicians out there, and like I said earlier, there's not a lot of female diesel techs. But both of you two are not only doing it, but you're both thriving in it. How do you think we go about getting more women involved in this profession? So, Miranda, do you want to go first or want me to? <laughs> I can go first if you want. So I think that, first of all, they've got to be in it for the right reason. They've got to understand that it's not glamorous. It's not going to be fun all the time, but it is so worth it. It's so rewarding. Um, it's a great way to build your confidence, learn, um, there's definitely good money in it. You can fully take care of yourself. I think a lot of women are just scared to try. They think they can't do it. And I think if they actually tried, they would like it. It's a lot of fun, in my opinion. But yeah. they've also got to be not whiny and not looking for attention and all the wrong reasons. Like the girls that we feel like will make girl mechanics look bad because you can't be like that. You know what I mean? You just got to do your job. Yeah. You got to be around. You got to earn your keep and, and prove that you can do this profession. Uh, Melissa, what about you? How do we, how do we encourage more young women to get into this field? Well, I think Miranda kind of hit the nail on the head with it. You know, me and Miranda talk about this all the time because we we're, we're in it with, you know, the girls in our industry and the diesel pages and we're right in the middle of all this. And, you know, there's always going to be a certain types of girls that, kind of like us that are attracted to it and want to do it. But like she said, I don't think many girls think it's really an option. You know, you got to understand that like you, you, you're going to go to work every day and your hair is not going to look that great. You're not going to have a full face of makeup because it's pointless to have a full face of makeup when you get dirt all over your face. You're going to probably be wearing guys uniform clothes. You know, it, it is what it is. And, but a lot of girls, you know, we actually had a girl when I went to Wyotech that decided to quit because she was pissed off. She couldn't have her hair down. <laughs> yeah. I am not shitting you. She quit because she couldn't have her hair down. Well, and you mentioned know. before, you you two actually know each other. I actually connected with both of you through LinkedIn, seeing some of your posts over the last year or so. I had no idea you two know knew each other, you know, outside. You know, I, I had no idea. How, you know, how did you two meet? I guess, Melissa, you want to explain how you two met and kind of what happened there? Well, it started on a 
what was it diesel mechanics only form or something yeah. uh, is that the if that's the facebook page i've been banned from that page on facebook oh i was, <laughs> I was banned too we've all been banned all right we're on the same club all three of us have been banned i'm pretty sure so miranda actually started her own page after that which is a really good page um but yeah we started on the diesel for page and we didn't hit it off right away but we definitely found some common ground pretty fast and realized that there's all these other chicks that are terrible. And we would, we actually got banned for that reason. I got banned for that reason because <laughs> I called them out on shit and I got banned for it. But so yeah, that's kind of where it started. And Miranda, is that how that went got, down? We've, we've got very common views on yeah. the diesel industry and the women in the diesel industry. Like Miranda said, it's, there's a, there's not very many women in this industry. So when you get a couple bad eggs, it it's really noticeable and it, it stands out a lot more like, yeah, there's bad guy mechanics all the time. Yeah. But when you get a girl mechanic, that's not very good at what she does. And she tries to pull the girl card to get what she wants instead of actually working for what she wants and proving that she can do the jobs that, you know, employers look at that and then they look at a girl on an application and they're like, do I want to deal with the possibility of having HR down my throat all the time and down my text throats? Or do I want to deal with, you know, she's going to pull a girl card on things at all. Of do I want to deal with that or do I not? Because there's not girls that do it that it's, you actually have to prove that you're not like that. Right. If that makes sense. Yeah. So Miranda, did she get the story right? And I, I got to know too, what's the name of your Facebook page just so we can, I can go check it out. Or the group um, diesel mechanics forum only or diesel mechanics forum something like that yeah i think i'm on that one actually i gotta check it out now i try to join all those facebook groups just to kind of see what's going on so i appreciate you not banning right. me from that one yeah and well, melissa and i have our own page too yeah which we one's started that like a little fan page it's like heavy, uh, queens of heavy heavy equipment wrenching or something like that where it's just us two and we po that's where like we post all our like daily jobs and stuff like that. So are there other women out there that you found through that, that are out there doing diesel mechanic work? Oh um, yeah. Mostly on other pages, but like Melissa said, they just don't last or they're in it for the wrong reasons. So Melissa and I started out on a rocky path because we're like, Oh wow. Another girl. You know what I mean? And yeah. at first you're thinking, Oh, they're just in it for attention. But seeing Melissa and how she's lasted and grown and succeeding, it's awesome. Because I feel like she is probably the only other girl I know that is in heavy equipment and, you know, actually doing it, not just starting drama or doing it to look good. You know what I mean? Yeah. For attention. Because it's definitely, if you want it for attention, you're in it the wrong, for the wrong reasons. Well, you're not going to last. If, if that's what your drive is is for the attention it's going to wear off you know people are going to get used to you being in the shop so if you're if you're in that for like the feeling of being attent like having attention you're not going to last because it's going to wear off you know it's not that's not going to last but if you actually have a passion for what you're doing that's what lasts and Miranda's been my role model she's got two three years on me you know so that's like I said, our views are so similar that we get along really well. So, Melissa, I never asked you There's this question. a lot of girls that don't like us, but <laughs> that's why. <fine. laughs> 
So I, I never I never asked you this question. I asked Miranda a little bit earlier. You know, in your view, what does an entry level diesel technician make? And someone that's been doing it for ten or fifteen years and kind of kind of hit that that peak. What do you think that diesel technician can probably make out kind of in your area of the country and what you're doing? So I don't really have it down to yearly because there's it varies so much with overtime. Yeah. Uh, you can make 10, 15 grand on overtime, you know, so it's it's hard to like judge yearly salaries. But I started in the field at 17, 17 bucks an hour, yeah. I think, is what I started at that truck shop. And I'm not going to tell you what I make right now, but it's a lot more. Yeah. Uh, you know, we've got, I could I in Wyoming and Colorado for heavy equipment, whether it's semis or equipment, like not including the light duty diesel, you can make anywhere from like 15 bucks an hour to 40 bucks an hour. Yeah. And that's not working for yourself. If you work for yourself, you can make, you know, the 125 bucks an hour that you're charging for your service truck to be there. But working for somebody else, you know, I used to work with a guy that worked half shop, half field, and he had, he was making over 35 bucks an hour. Granted, He was really good at what he did and he was sharp and he earned it. But I mean, shit, like Miranda said earlier, you can make a really good living off of this. Yeah, you, you definitely can. And Miranda's living proof of that, right? Like taking care of herself and her kid and everything else and, and, and doing that whole thing. You know, in my experience, when I was a service manager, boy, this is, you know, 10 years ago, I mean, we were a flat rate shop. So the really good guys, they just got, they got paid in whatever they build, not what they worked. And there was guys in there making over a hundred grand a year, turning wrenches, you know, fixing, fixing trucks and everything. And I, I mentioned Tim Spurlock with American Diesel Training Centers earlier. They literally take people that are roofers, uh, maybe they're a cashier, maybe they're flipping burgers somewhere, and they bring them into their program. And literally 10 weeks later, these guys are getting job offers, you know, 10, 15, 20 bucks an hour. Um, actually, it was more like 15 to $20, typical range. But they're coming out and going through a $10,000 program and basically double or tripling their income right away and have a great entry into a great market. I think as a lot of people see the whole um, electric trucks come in and hydrogen trucks and, and all this craziness, the fact is diesel is going to be around here for a really, really, really long time. So I got one last question for each of you here before we call it an episode. So we'll cut it over to Miranda here first. Miranda, you've been doing it for about seven years now. Have you, have you looked in the future at all to see what the next seven years are? Or have you, have you put some thoughts into where you want to end up or kind of some end goals? Or is it just enjoying the ride and just, just keep being a little bit better every year as, as you've been doing? So eventually I'm thinking I want to go full-time field work because I just kind of like being on my own and just focusing on what needs to be fixed. And after that, possibly service manager, but that seems like a headache in its own. I like to turn wrenches. I like to fix things. I like the challenge. I love to diagnose. So I think I would miss that if I went to service manager because I wouldn't get to do it as much unless I was helping the guys. But I'll tell you that's what, where I see myself. As a previous service manager, that is a thankless job because you basically get yelled at by customers, technicians. The, the store manager or the director of service, it's like everyone's always upset about something and they never come in. They're never happy when they come in because something's broke. Right. And they're very, yeah. they're very rarely excited when they leave because now they got a bill they got to pay for or their, or their equipment's been down for a while. So, but I get it. Yeah. There, it, you can make some good money being a service manager, but it's a thankless job at the end of the day, in my opinion and experience. So same question over to you, Melissa, where, where do you see yourself here a couple of years from now? What's what lies in the future? 
Uh, I would like, you know, I want to stay turning wrenches for at least five more years. Um, I'd like to be, you know, that the top of my shop and I'd like to be to the point where when it, it doesn't really matter where I work, I'm going to be within the, the top two, three mechanics in the shop, which I'm really close to that, but I want to be in the top two or three in like a group of good mechanics, if that makes sense, because you get shopped sometimes and they're just like all idiots and it's, it's not hard to shine bright in a dark sky. Right. Exactly. You know, so I want to get to the point where I can walk into a job and I will be the top, one of the top producing mechanics, regardless of who is there, you know, yeah. or the top producing. I want to be that top mechanic, which I mean, that's my goal. Uh, I've been kind of pushed to be a future service manager but I don't know. Having my own shop would be really cool too. I just don't know if that's going to happen. Well, you both seem to have your heads on straight. You both have blazing new trails. You don't see a lot of women in the field. And again, both of you are doing a tremendous job at it. I know there's other people out there that look at you guys like role models. So I, again, really appreciate coming on the show and talking with us today and about everything. So it was great to have you on here. Um, I know you're both on LinkedIn. People can find you on there and stuff. But more than anything else, again, just thanks for taking some time out, especially on a Saturday here to come in and talk to us as we do this whole thing. So with that said, everyone, this is another episode of the DL. Remember, it's not just diagnostics, it's diagnostics done right. And we'll catch you next week. 